When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a great family film when you gather a couple of friends around, you know, the kids and stuff like that and just, just hang out and watch it. And that's the kind of film that works excellently at home. If you like Jack Black, then you're going to love this. If you've seen High Fidelity and you're like, yes, Jack Black is my man, you will love this. If you watched it and went, that guy's a dick, don't watch this. If you're into music and comedy as an intersection, if you're not against Jack Black and you're looking for the sweet spot between, you know, entertainment and family friendly, I, I would recommend this to almost everyone. Hello, everyone. Joining Flix Watcher today, we have Babs. Hello. Sophie. Hello. And Kobe. All right. And we're here to review School of Rock. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Joining FlixWatcher remotely today, we have Babs and Sophie. If you could please tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and the podcast you do, please. Uh, I'm Sophie Davis and I host two TV podcasts. One is called Smash Prawns in a Milky Basket and it celebrates the work of Julia Davis. And the other one is called It's an S-Pod Thing. And I'm basically re-watching every episode of S Club 7's TV show from the late 90s slash early 2000s. And a different guest joins me to analyse each episode in ridiculous detail. How did you, how did you settle on S Club 7? Because I know there's many re-watches on podcasts about West Wing and... The good place and these good kind of shows. Classic. Yeah, exactly. You've gone, no, 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 no. Well, I'm going to take a show that no one remembers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I have one TV podcast that's celebrating really good work and then another yeah. TV podcast that is looking at ridiculous stuff. Um, well, let's talk about Julie Davis then, because she's she's someone that is, to use Bab's podcast term, underrated, I think. There's a lot yeah. of people, people know her, really love her, but she she's not in enough things for me to make her, I don't know why she hasn't popped in the way that other people have. Yeah, because she's been she's been creating TV shows for about 20 years now, mm. quite regularly. You know, she hasn't had any massive 
gaps really like she's constantly been creating stuff um and she's made well annoyingly most people know her from gavin and stacy which yeah. she's in but didn't create because obviously that was a huge like mainstream hit her stuff is a lot more dark and niche um and yeah i kind of i started the podcast really because i think she kind of is very underrated and doesn't get the credit that she deserves and she's done so much excellent work over the years so yeah for every episode I have a different guest like a a comedy writer or a tv critic or a comedian and we just kind of praise a different Julia Davis show really for an hour or so and talk about how amazing it is yeah it's almost like a cult-like thing isn't it like with um I mean there's people like Garth and Rengi's Dark Place for example where that's just too much for some people um <laughs> it's too much for me sometimes Garth and Rengi but <laughs> Matthew Holness is one of those people as well where you just think I really like you, but also it's yeah, a bit much. But Julia Davis isn't much. She's just, I think she just hasn't crossed over with her own stuff for some reason. Yeah, it's it, it can get very dark. It's sort of, yeah, re- recommendability score kind of uh, depends on the person I'm talking to, really. Sure. Yeah, but she, yeah, she's done quite varied stuff again. You know, it's not her sort of doing the same stuff every time. It's, you know, very varied work, um, just not being watched by enough people, unfortunately. And Babs, talking about over-underrated, who are you? So, yes, I'm Barbara Mendes-George, and I'm one of the two hosts of Over-Underrated, which is a music podcast. And basically, my co-host, Fran, and I think of a topic like a genre, like Britpop or a place like Glasgow, and then we pick a band or artist that someone thinks is overrated and someone else thinks is underrated. And then we normally make a five or ten track playlist, depending how long we want the episode to be, uh, which showcase why we think that artist is great or not. So, you know, sometimes we're making playlists to really try and convince the other, like, no, this band is really good. And actually, sometimes we have a lot of fun making a playlist to be like, no, this is why this band is really bad. Uh, <laughs> so one of the examples was um, we did a, an episode on hair metal uh, with with a guest, Matt Hoss, who also has a, a music podcast, Castable. And he picked Bon Jovi, but I didn't know because I, I didn't talk to him. It was Fran. I didn't know whether he liked Bon Jovi or not. And the first song he put on the playlist was uh, John Bon Jovi doing A Fairy Tale of New York, both parts. <laughs> and I thought, okay, please mm. tell me this guy doesn't like Bon Jovi because if this is what he's saying is the best, I, I don't think we're going to get on. And mercifully, he didn't like Bon Jovi. He picked the worst songs and we had a great time tearing them apart. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're still friends, you and Fran. There's been nothing that has caused any um, heartbreak, tears or anything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I always think a it's, risk, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It is a risk. And actually, we've never met in real life. We we met through oh, really? social media. We met because uh, we were both in comedy podcast Facebook groups uh, and kind of came together in lockdown with this idea. I hope to go to the UK because I'm based in Brussels in Belgium and I haven't been to the UK since lockdown. Though I was in the UK when lockdown was announced and I had to very quickly come back to Belgium <laughs> in March 2020. Uh, so I hope to meet him one day. Maybe Maybe when we meet, that's when the scuffles will happen. Right now, there's a computer screen between <laughs> us. It's okay. You can't reach in and pull him out like <laughs> poltergeist or something. Yeah. <laughs> or, or ring. Uh, well, we're talking about films today, and today it's School of Rock, which is your choice, Babs. So can you tell us, first of all, why you chose it, and then I'll get a countdown timer. Mm-hmm. So perhaps unsurprisingly for a comedy fan who has a music podcast, here's a film that has intersections in both. I remember... The exact day, I think, that I saw it at the cinema, Valentine's Day 2004, with my then boyfriend. So maybe not your classic Valentine's Day film, but it really blew the both of us away. I think I expected it to be good, but not that good. It was my first Richard Linklater film, I think. Oh, really? And it, 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 
it's one of my all-time favorites so when i saw it as a potential on the list i thought no this this is the one i i have to go for to to, to rewatch. and it's been a while since i'd rewatched it so i'm gonna get the timer down okay okay three two one go okay so jack black is playing a struggling guitarist called jury finn He's in a band and, you know, it's prone to big guitar solos, which puts him at odds with the rest of the band. So he's kicked out. He is living on the living room floor of his friend Ned Schneebly and his girlfriend, Sarah Silverman, who is in this kind of shrew character, Pata DiMarco. And, you know, they, she's kind of constantly shouting at him to get a real job and, and pay the rent. So one day, Ned Schneebly, the friend, receives a call for a job to be a substitute teacher at this very posh prep school. Dewey takes the call and decides to disguise himself as Ned to get the money for the rent. So he goes there, he's slacking around, but then he witnesses the musical talent of the students in this prep school. And he decides, okay, I'm gonna form them into a band. We're gonna go and win Battle of the Band so I can win the money to pay the rent. But he has to do it in secret, obviously, because the school can't find out. Very good, very good. Well under. <laughs> it's a, a good film question at Pub Quiz for School of Rock. And it catches a lot of people out. Is What is the character? What, what character does uh, Jack Black play in School of Rock? And most people go, yeah, Mr. Sneebly. And yeah. like, no, 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 no. It's Dewey Finn pretending to be Ned Sleeve. And that catches, it does catch a fair few people out. Uh, Sophie, what, what are your thoughts on School of Rock? Yeah, I love this film. I think this came out when I was right in the early years of high school. So ideal timing, really. I remember it being very loved and like frequently quoted in school because I guess the humour is kind of it's not too childish and it's not too adult it's kind of a perfect family friendly film really like I remember there's that bit where he puts three fingers up and says read between the lines and I remember people saying that in school all the time like sort of getting away with being a bit rude um but I hadn't watched it in quite a few years so I was looking forward to re-watching it for this and I yeah I really enjoyed it I think it's just still a very good family-friendly film Helen so I didn't see this at the cinema I probably saw it maybe a year or a bit probably when it came after I can't really remember it definitely wasn't the cinema I think it's fine uh this time round, watching it, I still thought it was fine. I think for me this time round was all the women in it are either really, really annoying and naggy or they're cold-hearted and have no soul. And I did kids... notice uh, Babs calling Sarah Silverman a shrew, which is not yeah. her kind of character at all, is it? Mm -hmm. And, like, the kids, they've just got no personalities and the songs the songs just don't really do it for me. So I, th I think it's fine. I know, like, so many people love it, maybe... I was a bit too old for it. And had I been a bit younger, I might have been a bit more enamoured with it. But I, I think it's fine. But I know a lot of people love it more than anything. But yeah, that's that's where I am with it. I think this is a film that somehow, even though Jack Black isn't a, isn't a typical kind of movie lead, it all comes together because of Jack Black. I don't think I can't think of anyone else who could have pulled this off in the same way with the same kind of hints of comedy and musicality and. Jack Blackishness that he brings to to the kind of role, uh, schlubby but kind of friendly, um, well-meaning but also a bit of a dick kind of character that he, he manages to pull off, and, and you kind of see you can see people getting getting around him. And I, can, I kind of agree with Helen in terms of the the setup, well, the, the kids and everything else. But it's a Jack Black show, and I think he's one of the most talented people we have on TV screens, when he, on, on film screens, when he wants to be. Uh, some films he don't he doesn't do that, but in this this is 
this is a Jack Black showcase and I'd be interested to know how the film came together. Was it like a Jack Black thing? Um, or was it like, here's a script and we need to find someone and he came along. Incidentally, he's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram at the moment during lockdown. His Instagrams are fucking hilarious. So <laughs> if you don't follow Jack Black, do. And recently he did um, a take on the Beatles medley, which ends Abbey Road. Him and Kyle Gass doing a take on that. And it was generally watched like 20 times in a row because it was just outstanding. One of my favorite songs done by by Jack Black. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, I, think it's, I think it's all about Jack Black in this film. Yeah, it feels like it was written for Jack Black. And obviously it was mm. written by Ned Schliebly, Mike White. Uh, so yeah, Mike I, White, I was going to say. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, if they're, if they're close friends. I know I, I have friends who think Jack Black are annoying. And if you think Jack Black is annoying, then you're probably going to hate this film because yeah. as you say, he, he is centre. But for me... It is the perfect mix of kind of, yeah, him being a dick, but also charming. But in, he's so good with the kids that for me that that makes it. And, you know, I, I, on, on rewatch, definitely the kind of Hollywood ending is a little bit annoying. Um, but I think it is a pretty good mix of music, comedy and heart. And the music absolutely does it for me. Like it, it, it really is, you know, my kind of thing. I'm very much into rock music, although... I found it interesting that, you know, he has a very, what I feel is now a boomer attitude of like, rock music is the only good music. You know, when he's asking the kids like, oh, what music do you like? Oh, Puff Daddy, Christina Aguilera. And he's like, no. And I was like, well, come on, that's a bit old fashioned now. Like, yeah. you know, you can like rock and you can like other stuff. But uh, but I I really like the music and I'd forgotten a few of the ones like, you know, step off and sing about maths. And yeah, no, I, I thought that I still enjoyed that bit. Sophie? Yeah, I think the only proper negative I've really written down is Sarah Silverman's character, because I think that is the one part of it that does feel quite dated. She's a very sort of one-dimensional, nagging girlfriend, and it's very like, oh, my friend Ned used to be fun, and now he's got mm. this girlfriend who's spoiling all the fun. Um, I really like the um, the headmistress character as well. I think she she isn't just a kind of stereotypical headmistress because she could have easily been the villain of the film. Mm. But although she is strict, it is a funny character as well. And we kind of see another side to it when they go out for a drink, you know, like she's relaxing a bit. I, I think it's quite cute how she's like really wanting to know if she's doing a good job and how does the school compare to other schools you've <laughs> been at. That's quite sweet. And I, I really love the delivery at the end where she she walks into the room where all the parents are and just goes i've been informed that all of your children are missing and she just doesn't <laughs> care anymore i quite like that she's not kind of like the villain who's spoiling the kids fun in the film in the end she's just quite sort of up for it and she enjoys the performance yeah that when she comes in at the end of the, after the performance she walks in is like that was incredible yeah and that like, kind I'm of furious, like furious but it was incredible <laughs> Um, yeah, Joan Cusack. No, again, someone hasn't managed to sing for me in in, um, in films. She's always been just John Cusack's brother, um, mm -hmm. which is which is a bit of a shame. Helen, we've had Jack Black before on Bernie, another, and that was another Richard Linklater joint, wasn't it? Was that Richard Linklater? It was, that? yes. And we were That's all like these oddists, very strange, and we hadn't heard of it, and we didn't know it'd come out, and <laughs> it was slightly odd. So, and then we've also had Boyhood as well. Yeah, so we, which is like prime Linklater. Love Boyhood. Yeah. Seen it twice at the cinema. 
Oh, really? Yeah, and enjoyed it both times, yeah. But I, I don't like all Linklater. Like, I'm much more of a, yeah, boyhood before sunrise, before sunset. I don't really like Days and Confused. I think Days and Confused is massively overrated. How dare you get out? <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> he hasn't Go done many room. other films like this sort of thing, has he? Like, big no. sort of family-friendly blockbuster affairs. Yeah, it's a bit weird, that, isn't it? It's like, this almost could have been like a Robert Zemeckis film if there'd been some more special effects Mm. Um, in it, so it is yeah that Bernie and this are kind of outliers, but I think he still he still pulls it off. But I think he really just had like Mike Wyke's script and yeah. let Jack Black go. And I wonder how much Jack Black improvised stuff. Yeah, there there were so many funny lines. I like, yeah, agree with you, Sophie. So many quote with the the read between the lines. I I had like a nostalgia <laughs> flashback again of people saying that to me at school. Mm. But so so many good lines of you know they do the classics Mo- Mozart, Beethoven, Enya. You know, um, <laughs> I've I've been touched by your kids, and I'm sure I've touched them. <laughs> uh, even the the interaction between Spider and Principal Mullins, like it's it's yeah. Yeah, lots of uh, lots lots of bangers, music-wise and and quote-wise. Yeah, I feel um, like I've seen "You're tacky and I hate you" as a meme quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that comes up. I think when I first saw Jack Black, when he stood out to me was in High Fidelity, and obviously he's, he's been the same kind of Jack Black there, but he has a few of those that read between the lines. He does the same kind of gag, but he goes. <laughs> obviously, this is a podcast, um, so guys, you haven't seen what I did there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is it is very much a Jack Black show. I don't think he's done anything really to level this, has he? Um, Tenacious D kind of wax and wanes for me, depending on. But uh, it, it, there was Natural Libra as a film where he was a, played a Mexican wrestler, which was not that good. He, he had a brief stint as a romantic lead in in The Holiday, which we yeah, also call. Well. Yeah. I think the best thing, in my opinion, the best thing he's been in recently has been Jumanji where ah, he's basically a teenage girl in Jack Black's body throughout the whole film. I yeah. thought that was a good performance from him. That amused me a lot. Yeah, when I was looking at the filmography, I thought, yeah, what stood out for me recently was Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which he, he's very good in it. But yeah, for, for me, this is his film. I Shallow Hal doesn't exist. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I forgot such... about Shallow Hal. <laughs> that was it. They were trying to make him a leading man. And they couldn't work out how to do it. And then they did with this. And then they're like, okay, we've got no more ideas. You can just go back to just being yourself. Uh, which is harsh. But... Guitar. That's what he needs, yeah. isn't he? Absolutely. Uh, but you said you didn't like the music so much in this, Helen. Not really. Or was, it the, was it the original music you didn't like or any of the music? Uh, the, the original songs didn't really grab me that much. Um, obviously, Led Zeppelin. Maybe we're course. making straight A's, but we're down in the, in the, in the down days. <laughs> yeah, just really redo really it. Um <laughs> And in answer to your your question you sent around earlier, I believe this is not a musical, as we've, <laughs> we've had this conversation kind of before, as my my rules are that as the plot is not driven by the, the songs. So if mm. it's driven by songs, then it's a musical. If it's a film with songs in it, then it is not. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think there are moments where music is definitely used to further the story, like the Stevie Nicks thing, where you know Edge of Seventeen is is the changer. But yeah, the music is comes in and out randomly, and I think it all the better for it. Really, I haven't seen the musical. Has anyone seen the the, the stage musical? I assume that is more song than the film, unless anyone's seen it. Have you seen it, Kobe? No, no, and I was going to ask. That's going to be a question because I, I kept on seeing it. And thought, and I, you know, go to in the before times. You just go to 
a musical once every couple of months or some show. But every time I thought, I just thought, <sighs> yeah, I'm really, so. really into musicals. But to be honest, I've got no real interest in seeing Andrew Lloyd Webber's take on School mm. of Rock with a <laughs> script from Downton Abbey's Julian Fellows. It doesn't really, it's from like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if if someone invited me and said I've got a spare ticket, I would go along. But I personally, I wouldn't go out of my way. But um, yeah, as you said before, they it is like a load of new songs. So and I agree that the film isn't a musical. It's just kind of a film about music with music in it and it's all in the context of doing a gig or rehearsing. People aren't just kind of bursting into song, you know, in the streets or whatever. Okay. Sorry, go Babs. Well, I, I was just thinking like, uh, I, I, I do think the, the, the music is really earwormy. Like the baby, the straight A song. Mm. I, I don't think I'd heard it in, I don't know, seven, eight years. Cause it's not like I go and listen to it, but I was like, I remembered all the lyrics. Like it really stayed with me, even though I've watched this song before maximum three times in my life um so so yeah it's quite interesting Helen that you're you're not such a fan because yeah for, for me it's one of the best things in it but yeah there we go music is uh you know subjective and and yeah that's why there are music podcasts as well there we go <laughs> okay well like yourselves is that a little plug to oh, you... <laughs> a cheeky plug cheeky plug <laughs> over underrated music pod yeah. go find Babs and Fran and they can tell you about is it have you got a filmic challenge in there somewhere like a underrated overrated Sound, no, soundtrack or we, we've talked about doing soundtracks, you know, doing mm. a soundtrack one, but that would be, I think, a bit difficult because well, it just, I think it would just have to be a two-part episode, really, because, okay, you could have a soundtrack that's all composed by one person, like, I don't know, Johnny Greenwood or Trent Reznor or something like that. But if you're, I, I would much rather prefer to discuss, I don't know, something like The Craft or my favourite underrated uh, soundtrack is um, Cherry Bomb. Do you know the Rupert Grint film? No. Yeah, really, really good underground northern irish bands and other bands totally afield um but yeah in future i think it would be nice to do okay well let's head to the scores guys hello i'm kate lever host of who's a good dog the podcast for anyone who's ever loved a dog we're one of the other podcasts in the stripped media family each episode i ask a brilliant person to introduce me to their dog and tell me how having a dog has changed their life. Listen to Who's a Good Dog wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish, and we will start with you, please, Babs, with your recommendability. So it's going to be a five from me. If you're into music and comedy as an intersection, if you're not against Jack Black and you're looking for the sweet spot between, you know, entertainment and family friendly, I, I would recommend this to almost everyone. Sophie? Yeah, five as well. Um, family friendly. There, I don't think there's anyone that I wouldn't recommend it to for any reason. Helen? Uh, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 3.5. I think it's, if you like Jack Black, then you're going to love this. If you don't, you're probably not going to have a great time because it kind of is the Jack Black show and the most kind of Jack Black. Like if you've seen High Fidelity and you're like, yes, Jack Black is my man, you will love this. If you watched it and went, that guy's a dick, don't watch this. Yeah, I'm going to go for four. I think it rests on whether you're going to be interested in Jack Black and you guys are potentially, Sophie and Barbara, just sending people down the throat, down the road to watch that black and they might not like him at all. Was he in Be Kind Rewind as well? Um, 
that was a good Jack Black performance, wasn't it? With with most deaf, old school film. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah. check it out. Yeah, it's um, missed. Repeat viewing score, Barbara. Uh, yeah, five from me. As I said, it's the fourth time I've watched it. We'll happily watch it again, and actually, probably more more soon than the last time I I watched it. So yeah, five from me. Sophie. Uh, four. Yeah, I, I couldn't watch this, you know, every week, but I would happily watch it again in a year or so. Uh, yeah, four for me. Helen. Yeah, so I kind of went into this thinking I might have a different experience from from what I had before, and maybe I'd mellowed in my old age, or I'd just kind of go into it in a different way. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to probably go back to this again now. So I'm going to give it a two, one for each time. I'm going to go for three point eight. I'll definitely will watch it again. Um, I think it's it's a bit, yeah. I think when I, when I need a Jack Black fix, I'll, I don't know when that will be. Uh, <laughs> but this is great, and I, I do like the soundtrack, and I do like how it ends with you know him doing the solos with the kids and stuff like that, and it's it's all family fun and yay, you're leaving a high, and it is a bit Hollywood, but at the same time, you know that's what it's for, isn't it? I, I did um, enjoy just to say the the meta nature of the ending, which I've forgotten, where they say the movie's really over, but we're we're still on the screen. That was that was a nice little touch. Uh, small screen score. Bother. I've gone low for this one too. I think because I watched it at the cinema and it was such a great experience. Um, but I think also because it is a musical film, I think with with live performances, well, live performances, it's it's best watched on a on a big screen. So I think watching it on a small one did take some away some of the viewing pleasure. Helen, do you think this could be a secret cinema with live performances at the, at the time? Helen used to work for Secret Cinema. I don't have any insight into uh, the creator of Secret Cinema's mind, but it would be kind of one of the more funner, family-friendly ones. I was just thinking mm. that it would be maybe kind of a cool experience, even if Secret Cinema weren't interested, but to kind of have like a, a live reenactment of maybe some of the music. They've done things like that. But yeah, it would kind of be cool, I guess, maybe to go around and be able to play in the band and join in and kind of jam in with that as a nice kind of immersive experience. Yeah, you could have like a... The rock stage, the um, battle band stage, the school sets. You can have people playing and just like jamming together. Practicing their bass faces. Making band names and band emblems and stuff. Yeah. That'd be cool. Making your band posters. Yeah, that Mm, could be fun. Definitely. I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to create a new company called Hidden Cinema um, (laughs) and start out with School of Rock. Um, Sorry, who's up next? Sophie, I think. Uh, Me. Sophie, yeah. Apologies. Uh, yeah, small screen score, uh, four. Um, I haven't seen this in the cinema, so I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I don't think it particularly suffers from being watched on a small screen. Um, I, I've taken a point off because, yeah, I could imagine the music would be quite cool in the cinema. Sorry, Barbara, what was your score? Uh, my score was two. Two. Uh, Helen? Yeah, so would if this was playing at the Prince Charles, would it make me want to go straight in probably not uh so i think it works on a a small screen and i think it's kind of maybe one that you know kind of get the family around to to watch together so i'm gonna give it a five for a small screen yeah i think this this is a great family film when you gather a couple of friends around with you know the kids and stuff like that and just just hang out and watch it and that's the kind of film that works excellently at home so yeah small screen score five engagement score Barbara? Uh, yeah, I've, I've gone for five again. I, I think it's a great cast of characters. You know, it's difficult to manage that many children and they are broadly very good actors um, who all get their time to shine. Uh, I thought the pacing was great. 
as mentioned, well, you know, the, the bassist didn't she didn't get she didn't get a solo at the end, did she? I was I was that, yeah, off that. that is, is not great. I, I would have liked, especially because there's so much focus on the male characters, it would have been nice to mm. have a bit more focus on on the female characters. Although, is it Tamika, the the girl who sings? That's the the scene where he's talking to her about being fat went viral recently because they were saying you know there was so much fat phobia in films from this era, and actually that's handled quite delicately. Uh, yeah. And it, it, and yeah, it was it was interesting to watch that again uh, and be like, yeah, no, because basically Jack Black says I'm chubby and I'm sexy, and it's like, wow, okay, how many how many films even now are saying that? So that was quite good. But uh, but yeah, I, five five for me because yeah, I, I'm just biased. I just I just love this film. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie. Uh, yeah, five as well. I, I think it's a good length, one hour forty five. I don't think it really drags at any point. And yeah, there are quite a lot of characters, so it always feels like there's something kind of different going on. It's quite varied from scene to scene. You know, you're learning new things about characters all the time. So yeah, five. Helen. Yeah, get a little bit lower. Three, three and a half for me. I kind of was waiting for it to. It was a bit sort of when they're they're kind of practicing, and there's quite a big gap between them getting to the the battle of the bands, and I was kind of waiting for it to to kind of get on there. So yeah, three point five. Yeah, I'm gonna go for. I don't think he needs to pay attention that much. I think the music kind of really kicks in and when he's when he's interacting with the kids, it's most fun, but then there are kind of slow bits. Like every time Sarah Silverman's on screen, it's just not. She's such a fantastic comedian. It, it just annoys me that she's almost been wasted in this. So yeah, 3.5. And that gives us an overall score of... Oh no, Helen, got an overall score. What did you say, three? three 3.5. You were 3.5 as well. So... Gives an overall score of 4.08125, which is decent. Let's head over to Twitter, guys. And if this is your first time listening to us, do follow us, guys, on uh, Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. And do follow us because we put a shout-out before we record. Uh, and this is your opportunity to get your voices heard on this podcast. Listen out for a tweet like this. We're reviewing School of Rock with S-Pod Thing and OU Music Pod. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts. Uh, and you'll score out of five for a shout-out on FlixWatcher. And we had... A decent response for this, I guess. There's a lot of love for this film. OU Music Podcast, you shouldn't have, you're not allowed to comment until this episode is recorded, so we're going to discount your tweet. But do you want to read the first one out? There was a, there was a lot of responses. So Simon Conyers at SD Conyers said, Peak Jack Black, the Jack is Black, which I think uh, matches what we've been saying. Yeah, um, but only three guitars. Oh, ah, see, I, I didn't I didn't see that. I just thought he was he, it was rocking out. I didn't yeah. think of that as, uh, yeah, it was too literal there. <laughs> yeah, people try to get people tend to get quite creative with the um <laughs> with it sophie lee thomas uh four stars wonderful comedic performance from jack black loads of great quotes uh che- cello you've got a, a bass i don't know what that means cello, <laughs> this came you've up- got a bass <laughs> oh yes of course this came out the same year as pirates where depp was oscar nommed brackets two exclamation marks for being a bit funny yet black got nothing the academy hates comedy uh, helen i will go with uh alex flowers jack black is perfect for amping up this fairly average feel-good family flick the kids are pretty stilted in this which brings it down from a four devil horns to a three devil horns and uh, i think we've got one more so the final one is Alex Elliott, who says, The final push of Jack Black from B to A-list star, a fun family film that gets four stars from me due to it venturing a bit too far into sentimentality. Um, yeah, I think that kind of touched on a fair few things we were talking about in the in the episode. So guys, just remind everyone where, where your podcast is. 
uh, and say thank you and goodbye to everyone who's listening. So uh, you can find Over Underrated on Twitter at OU Music Pod, on Instagram at Over Underrated Music Pod, and I am at Flame Me Up on all social media platforms. You can tweet me to find out why. And I'm uh, at It's Sophie Davis on Twitter, and uh, you can find my podcasts It's an S Pod Thing and Smash Prawns in a Milky Basket wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure revisiting School of Rock. Cheers. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.